coming up next, Bookin' It Talks, World Building. Hey everyone, and welcome back to BookNet. I am, of course, your humble and eloquent host, Mr. Cooper Cobbs, and joining me today is my good friend, Mr. Matthew Killingsworth. How you doing, Matthew? Howdy. Good. Well, here we are, Matthew and Cooper, doing the Cooper and Matthew show. The Matthew uh, Cooper show, yep. Oh, gosh. You know, honestly, I don't really care at this point. I just do it for the jokes. For the jokes, because so many people are laughing, Cooper. I know, I know, right? So many people. Uh, I think I'm still winning the poll, though, on Cooper and Matthew. That's because you voted with the book in it profile. (laughs) Yeah, and you voted with, like, three other profiles, so. Well, no, I I don't know if that's. (laughs) I don't have three profiles. Until I changed them. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, we're here. We're talking about world building. So we're not really doing a book, but we're just taking an abstract topic. So. I don't know if you bring any baggage to this, Matthew. Anything you want to say, your history with world building? Harry Potter. Yeah? What about Harry Potter? I think it has good world building. Well, okay, also first, I want to ask you this. Is world building like an actual term, or is it something that you just kind of coined and started saying? Oh, no, saying? no, no. It's, it's definitely a term. Okay. Do you think I coin all my terms, Matthew? Kind of. <laughs> well, well <laughs> you're making me feel bad about myself now. No, no, that's a should be a compliment. No, I know it is. It is. If you take it like a compliment, I mean, whatever you want. Yeah, but, the iceberg principle that we're about to talk about. I came up with that one. Okay, didn't. <laughs> I I wouldn't know if you did or didn't. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, no. Like I generally, think, uh, no, no. I want I want to say this real fast. Generally, when I spell something, Matthew accepts it as fact for some reason. When you spell something, yeah. Except when yeah. we're playing Scrabble, because you're a cheater. That's right, Matthew learns to challenge everything. I, <laughs> I got Cooper Scrabble. a shirt last year for his birthday that said, I make up words on Scrabble. I mean, I nearly fell out of my chair. That was, oh man, that was a good shirt. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I interrupted okay, you. Okay, before we, uh, probably before we say, like, talk about anything else about world building, why don't you define your coined term, world building, just for everyone. Definitely not for me, because I know what it is, but for everyone who doesn't, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get, I get what you're going at. Um, I think world building is just the way a creator creates a world that is not of this world, basically. So it's creating a either backstory or a whole other universe or a whole other nation or continent or land and just basically builds it out of nothing and how they accomplish that. Okay, so would you say world building, obviously uh, good world building would require like thorough and complete world, not like right. a partial, un, like unsure, undefined world. Exactly, thin world, yeah. Uh, in most cases. But then would you also say that better world building would be like a thoroughly created world faster or a thoroughly created world over a long period of time? I don't really know. I don't, I don't think it really matters as long as it's thorough okay. and complete. Okay, because I, I just think of like a couple things, like Harry Potter, for example. Mm-hmm. I'll just use that because I think that has really good world building. No, I agree. And uh, I think she does it 
she, I mean, obviously she adds more and more every story, but I think right at first in the first book is where she really builds up the whole world. And mm -hmm. that's like the base that you go off of when you add more to all the other works. Cause if you just read like a, if you read book four and they just talked about, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, something totally random, like goblins or something, you would be mm -hmm. like, well, goblins, those must be like really creepy guys that live in caves. Well, actually they're like businessmen that work at the bank. And yeah. so it's like, like you gotta, like you wouldn't understand all the terms they use if you didn't read the first one. But then some things like, uh, like Marvel, for example, the kind of like the whole universe is constantly changing and being added to and being like even subtracted manipulated. from. <laughs> manipulated. Yeah, that's a good way. Just like it's constantly just being changed and Not all improved. those are for the good. No, no, but like I'm just saying it's kind of it's never evolved, ending. Yeah. It's not, it didn't like, it didn't set a base really because mm -hmm. the base was kind of this world and it's only gotten further and further from the actual right. world. So like that's kind of like over time world building. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, is there even a world? Like, it's oh, I see, what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 And one thing I like about Harry Potter too is when you get into later books and she's kind of adding on to the mythology, it doesn't feel yeah. like she's adding on. It feels like you're like getting stuff revealed to you that you already right. knew was there and it just, it has the weight of that. Well, and I think a genius thing that she did was the fact that Harry Potter didn't know any of it either. Right. Because it's a common trick. think about it. Think about it. She absolutely could have written it where Harry Potter was the same orphan, the same guy whose parents died, had the same backstory, survived the curse, all this stuff, had the scar, and grew up in a wizarding family and knew all the wizard stuff, and it would have been like the exact same awesome story. It would have been way worse, though. Well, only for the reason that like it would have just seemed like she was making stuff up as she went along, which maybe she, like honestly, she probably was, mm -hmm. but the way like she was able to write it well... And it was all from the perspective that Harry was learning about this new thing, this new historical story, this new, like, spell, this new, like, theory, all these things that, like, you were learning for the first time. And you were constantly, every book, getting to read about and learn about new things in that world. Harry was also learning about it. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't, uh, like, contradict itself. It worked. Mm -hmm. Just because yep. she wrote it from the perspective of Harry learning it. So you were like growing with Harry throughout the whole series. Yeah, and that's a common trick that we see often in literature, whether it's Harry Potter or the Maze Runner or somebody, really almost anything like that. It's a really common trick to do that, and it, it works. It's very effective at what it does. Mm -hmm. so. All right, so next I want to talk about the iceberg principle. Now, Matthew has not heard of this term, but I think it's fairly simple. So the That's iceberg, you just made it up. It's not. I did not, actually. It's, but anyway, the iceberg <laughs> term, not term, the, the iceberg principle is basically where you, as the reader, only experience the tip of the iceberg, but you feel the weight of the rest of the iceberg. So in the, let's say, for example, in The Hobbit, The Hobbit is, it's it's basically just a little children's book. It doesn't have a whole lot of world building necessarily compared to Lord of the Rings or Silmarillion or something like that. But in it, you get little snippets. Like when they're in the troll cave and they're getting the swords after they have turned those trolls into stones. And Gandalf said, oh, these so these swords were made in Gondolin for the Goblin Wars or something like that. right? And you get the iceberg effect. You only hear about that, but because of that, you feel like the weight of... There's a whole history behind these swords and they were in these battles thousands of years ago against this different race and things like that. Um, and then also when they're like singing those stupid songs in Lord of the Rings, 
it just adds more weight to the world building because it makes the world seem even deeper because even though you're just hearing these songs, you can feel the weight of Tolkien is writing this. Even when you read Lord of the Rings, you can just feel Tolkien knows everything about this world. He knows that tree and that rock and that castle and everything like that. And you can just feel that all the way through. So, you got any thoughts on that? I feel like, yeah, I think that Tolkien, uh, I guess like you're talking about how you are only revealed the tip of the iceberg, but you feel the weight of all the rest. I feel like his water level is lower in the sense that he reveals a lot more of the iceberg than any other author. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. I agree. Do you have any other examples from... I feel like it's a little bit too much, though. Because I think there's probably a perfect amount to have, like, over the surface and under the surface. Yeah. And I think he sometimes has too much over the surface. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. And we talked about that at length in our Lord of the Rings episodes. Yeah. All right, so we kind of already briefly touched on it, but what do you think makes good world building? Like, What are the elements of a a person who is a excellent creator? Um, and then if you want to give some examples, that would also be great. Okay, so... Yeah, like I was like I was kind of asking about what you thought earlier, but I'm I guess I'm just going to say like what I think about this. I think that it is very important to obviously have like uh like complete, thorough, well thought out world building. Yeah. But I think that the timing of it and uh I don't mean like the exact time that you uh that you build the world. I mean like uh how long it takes and how long you spend doing it uh mm-hmm. when writing a story. I think that it's really important to have like a base and somewhere to go off of so the reader's not like entirely confused. Even though like it's fun to have like mysteries about a lot of things or some things just depending on what you're writing, but it's not fun to just be confused the entire time no, and you're for not sure. you're not going to enjoy that. So you have to have like a base to go off of, but also just the time you spend establishing that base. That's why I feel like if you're going to write a seven book series like Harry Potter, then establishing that base fully in the first book, I think works out great because then you have six other books to like play off of it and do whatever you want off of that. But if you don't really have a, like a solid base, right. then it's just going to be changing around throughout all those other books. And it's just going to be confusing and not interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think that it, when you, if you're doing, I mean, and really world building applies mostly to fantasy slash sci-fi novels. It doesn't really apply well, as yeah, much if, to other If things. it takes place in our world, then you don't really need to build that. You can kind of just assume that the reader already knows how right. this world works from being which in is it. A, which is, again, a problem with Tolkien. Like, I've heard a piece of writing advice before. It's don't tell us the grass is green. Tell us what we need to know kind of thing. And Tolkien, <laughs> I think, falls on the side of telling us the grass is green. But I agree right. with you. Because, I mean, yeah. It, like, Harry Potter and... Tolkien's uh, Middle Earth are both like kind of spinoffs of the world we have and probably a lot of like stories that are made up are like that but like like the same like principles apply gravity for the most part unless it's like Wingardium Leviosa and like grass being green trees like people looking like people like those kind of things like and, and that's that's how kind of like J.K. Rowling built her base was by adding what she needed to add like telling you 
Okay, so there is actually a whole other world you don't know about. I'm going to tell you all about this, and here's how you get in through this little like brick wall behind this bar, and that's like that's how you get in. And here's all the stuff about it. Yep. But she didn't say like, all. But everybody's heads were still the same shape, and everybody still had two feet, and like all like because that's just right. assumed. And then if you need to add more, add more. But yeah, Tolkien did kind of like make sure everybody knew exactly what it was like when if he had yep. maybe like left out stating all the obvious things then we would have still gotten the same picture yeah i agree um yeah i think going back to what you said earlier having a strong foundation if you're creating a fantasy novel and a sci-fi novel and you're making a whole new world spend time in the beginning before you even start writing get maybe the outline the characters but start developing your world the places the histories the timelines, that kind of thing, because if you don't, the iceberg principle is still like it's gonna, it's gonna, your world's gonna be feel really thin if it, it, it doesn't feel very thick. Like, so mm-hmm. when, when I wrote my infamous speech last year about the history of the fantasy novel, that was it was an interesting speech. But what I learned when researching was right around the time when Tolkien started writing, right before him, a lot of pulp started to happen, which is basically it's all sword sorcery, so just a bunch of heroes you, you know um gra- morally gray heroes going on adventures and just imagine dragons. james bond but in fantasy is kind of what it is and all of the worlds really were just kind of propped up for the story like nobody really cared about them but when tolkien came he kind of started a whole new genre of fantasy or well he he, he started a whole new different strain of fantasy and different influences because he really focused more on the world building and wanted to basically fantasy's purpose is to help people escape this world and go to another world and so they wanted to make that world feel fully developed and so one of the things i love about this is andy wilson said on his podcast when he so he wrote the books 100 cupboards books are you familiar with these i don't know if you've read them or not but Wait, which ones andy wilson yeah 100 Wait, cupboards. didn't we watch his videos one time one time yeah he wrote a series yeah. called the 100 cupboards no i haven't re- oh uh no no I've are you just familiar with him though yeah yeah well anyway what he did was basically just a quick 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 plot basically this boy goes to his uncle's house and in the attic he finds 99 cupboards that each lead to different worlds and even though he knew he wasn't going to use every single one of these worlds he created like a whole backstory and a place for all of these worlds and so it really comes through to where even when he's briefly describing a door here or a cupboard door there and what it looked like past it, then basically it it, it comes through as really cool and it has a lot of weight behind it. And he had a very, very strong foundation. And when you're building on it later on, then it just seems even stronger. Like I said earlier, it feels more like you're revealing things instead of taking away. So yeah. I think next, my final question is, how would someone go about creating a good world in a sense, and if you have any examples as well to back that up. i got to think of another example besides Harry Potter. I said it too much <laughs> in this one. Um, how would someone go about creating a good world? Well, okay, so we've talked about like what gr- good world building looks like, and I described that mm-hmm. as thorough and well thought out. So I think if you're going to create a good world and build a good world, then you need to think things out and make sure that they're going to be thorough. So, yeah. like, thinking, maybe not to Tolkien level, like, you don't have to, but, I mean, if you want to, that's yeah, cool. Don't do that. Don't but create like, languages. 
<laughs> I mean, unless you want to. I mean, unless whatever. You want to, yeah. But uh, <laughs> Cooper, don't crush these kids' dreams. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, just I, I don't know. Just like yeah, outlining characters uh, as much as they need to be. If they're a main character, then yeah, obviously you got to have like where where does their story start and where are they going? And then I mean, we'll talk more about characters in future episodes. But then also just with. Um, just kind of the importance level of everything in the story. If you have, like, say, a really important object, for example, um, I'm, I'm going to use Narnia, for example, like maybe okay. the wardrobe or, um, or I don't know, the, the, the witch's castle or something, then, like, if it's, if it's an object of high importance or a thing in that world of high importance, then, like, you need to explain it more than you would just, like, a random tree or yeah even even something that's fine to mention like like I, I don't know i'm just making something up but there was a beautiful mansion on a beach with like a with with an ocean right next to it and then but you would like you would describe more about the mansion because it plays an important role role in the story and talk about that you wouldn't talk about like the water so by the ocean like in, the, you, you in world building you would focus on the things that are important that need to be thorough Yes, which kind of like we shouldn't have to say that, but <laughs> yeah, but yes, that, but then, uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted by Isaiah. And I know, I know, um, that, but then also like, it's fine to mention all the other, other details, but only if they like help move the story forward to help move that thing that you're focusing on forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that really world building good world building starts somewhere and then goes from there and then out of that the story comes. Right. Well that's what I'm saying, like starts with the foundation mm-hmm. and then build off of the foundation. Yeah, like for me, one day I was just online, I found this cool fantasy map generator. And so I made one and then I customized it and then out of that I just eventually worked on like a story outline and I'm trying to write the novel even though it's not going very well. But you get the point. Like I I created something and I just had, and I created a timeline, and then histories and things like that first, and then I started writing the story, right? And so yeah. with Tolkien, he was a linguist, and so he created a language, and then out of that came this whole history of the elves and men and orcs and the things like that, and it just started from there. So I think good building, good world building, like we've been saying, starts with a firm foundation, and then after that, it just it, you add the little details that matter. And that make yeah. it seem like a real, like a real world. So. Yeah. All right, Matthew. Anything else to say about world building? Mm, no. You I, know, we never said anything about Star Wars. No, no, we didn't. I think I think it did a good job starting with a base and then going off of there, yeah. and it kind of went off on both sides. Even though, like, not all the super like, uh, if you're super into the plot and Star Wars theory kind of stuff, like we are, then I mean, it, well, I mean, basically, the only people who are into that are people our age, and then people who are forty and won't let go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, but e- either way, even if you're not, or like, if you're not into that, and you don't like, you j- you're just interested in the world and like interested in the escapism kind of thing, then, like, they really started with a good base right in the middle with four, five, and six, and then went off of it on both sides and went told you what happened before that 
and mm-hmm. all these things like you get to see new planets but then you also get to see how they were destroyed you get to see who the rebels were before the rebels that you've always known and then you go back on the other side and get to see what happens afterwards and where the galaxy moves and like what direction it moves towards and everything like that so yeah, i think they did like like by definition kind of thing like they did a great job with world building george lucas did and as much as those prequels are bad they do have they're very good at world building as yeah. well and one thing that's interesting somebody pointed out to me the other day that they could have started George Lucas could have started in the middle of the clone wars and i think we would have been fine and it would have been a lot i mean we would have had a lot more action but george lucas wanted to show us how it started he started yeah how the a, clone wars trade started, yeah. dispute like come yeah. on is there a more boring way to start a star wars movie but he wanted to develop and show dispute. us how yeah how it got here and everything like that so yeah. Well, no matter what you say about George Lucas, he's a genius and he's a great world builder. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Keep on booking it.